Hey, welcome to Business Blues and Booze. I'm Jordan. I'm Lewis. And so we want to preface this episode by saying this is going to be the last one of our season one. Uh, it's been a really good run for season one. We're really happy with all the listeners we have. Yeah, I know we kind of took a break there for a couple of weeks. So this is kind of weird. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what happens. It's mid-semester and we are still in college. So that kind of comes first and it didn't really work out for a while. But we're hopefully going to have a good season ender today. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be back on March 16th. Monday, March 16th. Monday, March 16th. Yep, we'll be back. And uh, something we're going to start doing on season two is that we are going to try and add a video portion to the podcast that will be available on YouTube. Um, And we'll see if we'll put it on any other platforms. But just stay tuned for that. We're really excited for it. So we got some really good stories coming up for you today. First, we're going to be talking about the coronavirus in the stock market. Really, really good story. Yeah. (laughs) You're probably hearing everything about it right now from the stock market. We just kind of want to dive a little more in depth as to what is actually going on and more focusing on how the coronavirus is affecting the stock market. Uh, Then we're talking about the DoorDash IPO, which is kind of a secret, but it's not really. Because we found it out really easily. Really easily, yeah. (laughs) But they they filed privately for an IPO. And then uh, lastly, we have a... um, a discussion about CVS Viacom, or Viacom, Viacom CVS. CVS. Yeah, yeah technically. Yeah, um, close. Well, literally, but yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, so they merged uh, in the fall, and they kind of have a, a rough landing so far. But this is kind of, this is an opinion piece by me, why I think they're coming back. And it's also based off of someone else's opinion piece. So there's at least two people that agree with this. Um, but this is kind of talking about how they're doing, how they're restructuring. Cool stuff like that. Yeah. So first up, we're going to be talking about the coronavirus and the stock market. So... As you guys are probably seeing, if you guys are invested in any equities, is you're like, what the heck is going on? Like in a matter of three days, the stock market has just tanked, you know, done a reverse hockey stick. It's just crashing right now. Um, so right now, the S&P is down 4% on the market opening today of Friday, February 28th. So, I mean, we're only recording this at about 11, 11 a.m. And the stock market is already down for the S&P 4% today. And for the Dow Jones, it's down like a lot more than that. It's down a lot. Um, so this is down nearly, the S&P is down nearly 12% over about a three-month period. And even before that, it, over the month period, it's still down about 7%. So it's really, it's taken a big turn. Um, the Dow Jones is having the worst performance, and it's seen the biggest drop since 2008, which, as everybody knows, was a really major recession for the U.S. Mm-hmm. market. The um, Great Recession. It was the Great Recession, mm-hmm. yeah. It was not great. So it was not great, yeah. no. Hey, how they do that? They great, always, greatly horrible. They, they, they like glorify the, the bad things like the Great Depression like that was horrible for those people yeah, <laughs> like why, why are we 25 percent unemployment and it's like it was great though <laughs> so the Dow is down almost a thousand points which is just insane and if you guys follow the Dow and you guys follow, follow a lot of stock market we've talked a lot about the Dow and talked about how it functions if we even agree with it or not but just as a market tracker it is down about a thousand points which is showing some of those major companies that we said before they're down a lot um, and some of those companies I'll touch on in a minute, but those are some major conglomerates. Uh, but something that's also really interesting is cleaning products are mm-hmm. actually having the time of their lives right now. And those are normally more mm-hmm. conservative stocks. Those are stocks that investors don't normally jump on. They're more safety stocks. Yeah, they're stabilizers in your portfolio. You want to have a couple more growth stocks like your techs that are going to go boom because, you know, we have new, the new things coming out. The industry is always growing. How much of an industry can really grow for cleaning supplies? Like, oh, they're a little bit better now. Okay. Yeah, cool. a, a really, a really, really, really good company to kind of uh, take note of this is like Arm & Hammer. So Arm & Hammer makes baking soda. And this is a brilliant, brilliant branding. I actually talked to my professor, uh, Glenn Bryan, about this. Credit to him. Um, so he talked about how they really had an amazing marketing segment. So they made baking soda. And how many things can you do for, with baking soda? Really just 
one at the time until they rebranded and remarketed. So they pretty much hit all the customers they could have needed. Everybody who needed baking soda had mar- had, mar- had baking soda, Jesus, in that market. But then they rebranded it and they said, hey, you know, if you get a stain on your carpet, throw some baking soda on it. So then they gave it another purpose. They kept adding on purposes. Then they put it in toothpaste. They put it in cleaners. They put it in detergents. Then they said, hey, you know what you should do? You should open up baking soda, put it in your fridge, and it keeps your fridge fresh. Then you should move it to your fridge, buy a new box of baking soda, put that in your fridge. And then when the one in your freezer runs out, just dump it down the drain, and that'll clean your pipes. Then put the one in the fridge to the freezer and repeat the process. That's a br- They're literally saying pour our product down the drain and buy a new one. It's brilliant. So that's just one cleaning product and just a company that we found really interesting. Again, credit to Glenn Bryan. He, uh, he, he definitely kind of inspired me for that, told me that whole story. Um, so kind of going into other cleaning products that are having the time of their lives right now, we have companies like Procter & Gamble, which you know makes everything pretty much. They're like one of the biggest conglomerates in the United States. They make a ton of cleaning products. Um, they also own like Tide you know, for your mm-hmm. detergents and stuff. And for a snack. And for for cheese, <laughs> don't eat Tide Pods. Yeah. I didn't think I had to preface that, but please don't eat Tide Pods. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have like Clorox is doing really good. Obviously, Colgate Paul Mauve is doing really good. Kimberly Clark, who makes like Kleenex, they also make like Huggies. Ex girlfriend. Oh my god, yeah. it does sound like it does sound like a name of like a person. Which yeah. I'm sure it was at one um, point. Yeah, so they're they're the Huggy people. They got Huggies. Um, they also yeah, have like Kleenex. Tissues. Yeah, they have yeah. Kleenex. I was like, what's the main Kleenex? Yeah, it's it's literally Kleenex. I was like, what's the main Kleenex? It, that, that's, that's what that's they're called. A, and talk about an amazing brand right there that we <clears throat> we say an entire product line is one brand. You yeah. know, it's like Advil. It's like really yeah. ibuprofen. Yeah, but whenever the brand name becomes the product. Or Band-Aid. Yeah. It's not that's Band-Aid. True. That's it's called something. I don't yeah. know what it's called. It's an adhesive bandage. No, 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 no. no. I know what a Band-Aid is called. I'm not, <laughs> that's not what I was asking. I was asking... <laughs> Like what the terminology is when the product becomes, the, when the brand and product are the same. Oh, really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So today's just gonna have no information. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but moving, moving on. So cleaning products are having the time of their lives. Something like hand sanitizer, which again, it's kind of like that Arm and Hammer example, where they've pretty much everybody who wants to have hand sanitizer is gonna buy hand sanitizer. They're gonna have it. They're gonna buy it. They're gonna keep buying it. So that doesn't mean they're gonna be attracting new customers. But something really interesting is that hand sanitizer is up over 70% in just six months due to the flu season and also due to the coronavirus. So the coronavirus is affecting markets immensely. So kind of with that, so the the reason why it's affecting, and we've covered this a lot, so I'm not gonna go super in depth, but so basically the coronavirus is affecting a lot of China. China has a lot of manufacturing. If people in China have the coronavirus, their factory pretty much shuts down and goes into quarantine mode. And it's only clean. It's only cleared after multiple days of not showing signs of the coronavirus that you're cured. And I mean, a lot of places are showing only a third of their actual um, personnel can actually come back to work. So I mean, just right there, their their factories and their manufacturing units, their assembly units are only running at a third of the speed and a third of the production rate. So that's really bad for basically all markets. So we're seeing like some major companies, Amazon, Apple. Microsoft, which are three huge conglomerates, and I'm just using them as examples, but Amazon is down over 15% due to this because they get a lot of their products from China. So they're having a lot of problems on back orders that they're actually, people are ordering products and they're out of stock. They're having problems because their, their units are actually having some problems in terms of the shipping. So it's really taking a toll. Amazon and Microsoft, I'm sorry, Apple and Microsoft 
have both come out and said to their investors, we're really sorry, even though our demand is technically growing and we are actually ha- we are on track to have an amazing um, stock performance, we are actually not gonna have that due to this slowing speed. You know, due, due to this basically scare of the coronavirus, it is taking so much of a toll on them because I mean, like I just said for the manufacturers, a lot of these stores have to A, shut down their actual retail stores, which is, that's how they make a sale. So if they don't make a sale, they're not making money. They don't make money, their investors aren't happy. So we're, we're seeing all, all those stocks, anything that's importing or relies on China is gonna be having pretty much a downturn in their stock performance and their investors are not gonna be happy for that. So that, so just kind of full circle, that is why these cleaning products, which are normally not common for investors to invest in, that's why they're having the time of their lives right now because those are doing really well because everybody's like, oh, I need to stay safe. I need to go get cleaner. I need to make sure that I'm clean. I need to make sure that my kids are clean. I mean, like, there, there is a massive market in terms of parents buying things for their kids to make sure that they're safe. I mean, look at Huggies from Kim, Kimberly Clark. I mean, that's something where the consumer is not the user. They're, the customer is not the consumer. So the, the parent is buying the Huggy for their kid. The consumer is the kid, essentially, because he's using the product. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing that, that the cleaning products right now they are, the, the parent is the consumer and the customer, that they are using the cleaning products that they're buying, but they're also buying cleaning products for their kids. You know, they're put, getting little hand sanitizers to put on their backpack, their pencil pouch, whatever they use, their, their, their purse, their, their belt clip. They're putting it everywhere because they want to make sure that their kid doesn't get this sickness, which it actually has traveled to the United States if you are listening in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been two confirmed cases of non-traveling or of people who have actually got the coronavirus not from traveling, you know, because before we've heard there's been like 13 or 20, I don't have the exact number, but there's been some of them from people who traveled to China and back actually ended up having the coronavirus, went through quarantine, and some people who were on that cruise line who ended up, that was that was a, a absolute horrible mess. Um, so yeah, it's kind of full circle. That's kind of where the stock market is at. So there's a lot of scare right now in terms of the recession, if there is another recession coming. And just real quick, I want to talk about how the media is so important in this because this is all. This isn't necessarily due to performance. This is due to people getting scared and selling their shares, and that's really bad for companies and for the market as a whole. Because if you're getting scared and you're like, "I'm just going to hold on another week or something like that and see what happens," but then everybody else keeps selling off and you see a major sell-off, then even though you want to hold your shares and you know this is probably going to blow over, you get scared and you want to pull your money out. The media is horrible in situations like this because all they do, they they create this mass terror that the stock market is never gonna return, that we are all doomed and we're gonna lose all of our money because of this coronavirus. In reality, we're seeing that a lot of stocks are doing okay. Some some uh, medical companies, some little startups are actually doing really, really well right now, but all the media is doing is just focusing on those conglomerates and saying how they're doomed, everybody's doomed, and that the stock market is gonna keep crashing, and what should you be doing with your money instead? I'm not saying hold on to your stocks, I'm not giving any recommendations, I'm just saying that the media can be really, really scary at times, and they kind of control the market more than people realize. It can be even more than how a company's progress is actually doing. A perfect example of this is Tesla. You know, Tesla jumped uh, over ha- over doubled its stock price in about a month, and most of that was due to rumors. It was due to a lot of, of news press. It wasn't actually due to their sales, although they are actually on track to become profitable. They are having really good progress with their Model Y. But basically because of the media, it's basically just jumping that stock price up because people are like, oh, Tesla, I'm hearing so much about Tesla. I'm hearing all this great news. I want to buy more of it. And that's just an example. But that's it can go in either direction. Again, I'm not recommending you sell or buy any of your securities. I'm just saying 
just be careful of the stock market and make judgments based off of your own judgment. So now we want to move on to our next segment, which is DoorDash. So DoorDash is IPOing again confidentially. They um, they filed for an IPO with the, for an IPO with the SEC. So right now they're valued at twelve point six billion dollars, which is really that is amazing considering a lot of their competitors are like Uber Eats. Um, who's the other? Who's yeah, the, uh, Postmates and Postmates, Grubhub. Yeah. Well, the th- the thing is, though, DoorDash has the largest market share. They do, but they have a lot of they have a lot of competitors. So even though they have a lot of market share, it's just yeah. amazing that they're up so much. From I mean, two thousand eight, they were one point four billion valuation. Mm-hmm. So, well, the industry is growing. People, there's more of a demand for people. You see advertising on television that fast food restaurants are advertising specifically now that they have partnerships with a DoorDash or a Grubhub or whatever happens. You know someone to deliver the food to you that traditionally the food is not the kind of delivered it's not pizza you know it's it's, it's your chicken wings or your yeah. or your mcdonald's or your whatever they can deliver now which is, which is crazy because it takes away a lot of the you know oh i need to go out to eat and it's like that, that stigma of going out to eat because you don't have a lot of money so you can't like buy the healthier food so now you're just getting it delivered to you and it takes away kind of the problem of food deserts but again this is not healthy food so it doesn't really help the health of America, well, but it's just some convenience. Of it is, it's convenience. It, yeah, it doesn't um, help that we're getting lazier. I mean, think about yeah. it. as this as this industry is growing, it's just showing how lazy we are getting. That we're like, hey, I don't want to go get my food. Can you go get it for me? I'll pay. I'll pay you more money than my food is. Yeah. To go get the food and bring it to me. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's situations where that's totally fine. But doing that at this much of a rate, do you have? Do you actually happen to have the numbers on the market share that Grubhub has? It's thirty-eight percent of the market. Thirty-eight percent. Wow, that's. I mean, that's a lot for a market share. That's really, really great. Is. I mean, next next place is uh, Grubhub, which is thirty-one. So, wow. I mean, that, I think Grubhub's. This is. I think they're the longest one. Grubhub. I I think you might be right on that. Because this this article, this is a TechCrunch article, and it says that they're a legacy player, which I think is their their jargon for longest in the business. Um, and that would make sense. I feel like Grubhub has yeah. been around for a while. Uber Eats, which I mean, U- Uber Eats is the most profitable section of uber currently yeah. that's how the Uber's rest of it is not profitable so it doesn't really have competition yeah it's the only profitable part of uber <laughs> yeah which is ironic that it's in this market share i mean good for them that they that they uh kind of started up that side of the business they figured something out yeah finally mm-hmm. finally they did something but so <laughs> yes yeah, so doordash is ipoing um that's gonna be pretty sweet and it's just kind of showing we are getting lazier america mm-hmm. so yeah yes so there's obviously gonna be more to come with that um after the ipo happens we'll kind of let you know mm-hmm. what's gonna happen it's, it's cool yeah it's, it's something to keep Keep your eye on. It's a less intensive story than coronavirus, and just you know, yeah. America's lazy. That's America's that's lazy. the summation. Yep. <laughs> so now we want to hear a message from our sponsor, Anchor. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening, guys. So our third and final story today is about Viacom CBS and an update to them since their merger last fall. So this is my story, my time to shine, uh, <laughs> because I am a big fan of theirs. Um, and Jordan makes fun of me because he says that I have brand loyalty when I decide I like a company, which which is correct. It is that is so true. <laughs> okay, this man, I he is like one day he came up to me and he was like, I forget what brand it was, but he just goes, I've decided that is what I'm doing now. He's like, that is the only thing I will buy mm-hmm. is that. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a couple of things I pick out. I'm like, you know what? I like this, and I don't need to change it. And I think they're one of them. I I am a fan of Icon CBS because. I think that their business model, what they have the potential to do, it's it's you know it's, it's the investor's philosophy is the future cash flows. I think they have great potential for future earnings. Um, the stock market right now disagrees, but I think they're wrong. They went down fifteen percent 
in a couple oh, days. Yeah, because they just had, yeah. Well, they just had earnings come out, and they weren't good. And no surprise, because they just merged, and they, they had merged. to spend a billion dollars on the merger. Viacom, like, CBS, they yeah. merged. Yeah, like now they're one. Uh, like, and actually, how do they expect that they're going to be profitable right away? Like they just spent so much. I mean, money. they're spending so much time recalibrating everything. They're right now. They're doing exactly what you would want a company to do in this situation. They're retooling. They're using their assets and they're creating new properties and new things to sell to people in a better way. So, for example, uh, they talk about how they have all these new services um, on their platform. So they have CBS All Access, which is their streaming services. You know how I love that. Um, They're going to be able to now add MTV, uh, BET, VH1, Nickelodeon, Paramount, Comedy Central, TV Land, uh, Pop TV, Smithsonian, all onto the service. Viacom also already has a service called Pluto TV. And that's a free TV service that has 200, 300 channels, free versions of channels such as Fox Sports and a bunch of other sports channels and stuff like that. And they have like bingeable shows like anyone here of Mystery Science Theater 3000, one of my favorite sci-fi shows. It's just these people that talk over old movies and make fun of them, and it's honestly hilarious. They just have a channel that's dedicated to that. They have a Degrassi channel. I mean, they just have... Degra- just, dude, yeah. blast from the past. Degrassi, the, mm-hmm. I listen to that, or I watched that so much yeah. when I was growing up. But that's the thing. is like, it's, it's a, That was that, where Drake started, yeah. in case you all didn't know. So that's like their free TV service. They're going to bring that together. It'll probably still be separate, but they're going to use the same properties, have a free option, have the payoff. It'll be smart CBS. of them to put them into one service, though. Because mm-hmm. CBS it's, will It's access... too much of a cost for them to have two services. They're mm-hmm. paying basically double the cost if they just put it into one and used one platform. Yeah, and they can make a free tier and a pay tier. Like, obviously, Peacock's doing that thing. Yeah. Or they're going to have their free... I think Pluto relies on ads as well, right? Pluto, the... yeah. Pluto literally is just... It's like television with commercials. It's everything's normal, but the channels themselves aren't like your cable staples. You don't Mm -hmm. have your, you know, network news. You don't have your Fox. You don't have your ESPN. You don't have any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Just like the bare bones. There's some new channels, and you can do that, and you can do ESPN. You can watch. You can watch movies all day. You know, it's it's it has a purpose for people that don't want to spend money. CBS All Access is. It's actually been around for almost six years now, which is crazy, because I don't think anyone even knows about it. I didn't know about it until this man told me about it. Yeah, um, but I'm a fan of it because it has your live channel for CBS. It has all their content, their original content. Uh, CBS Sports is on there, and obviously for March Madness coming up around the corner, they have the best coverage of any channel. Um, so they're well diversified. They can make the service better. It's only 6 bucks a month. For commercials, ten for no commercials. Obviously, there's still commercials for live television. That's how it works. But um, the essentials here are that they have a good portfolio. They're retooling. They hired someone new to run the CBS Viacom, CBS All Access division. So someone will be taking care of that. They'll be merging together. Also, they own Showtime, which I forgot to mention. So they're able to offer the best price for Showtime Premium Network. So they have that competitive advantage. They have a lot of things going for them specifically on the streaming end of things. So if they're able to do all this. You know, congregate and go together. They're currently at their stock price is what twenty nine dollars. It is up three percent today. Probably as people realize that this is a really good price to buy them at. I'm not recommending that you buy them because that's not what we do. But I would buy them. <laughs> <laughs> so take with that what you will. But I, I'm just this is just me saying I'm a fan of what they have the potential to see because I like seeing companies. They're doing the right thing in terms of when they merge. This is what they're delivering what people want to see. You don't always get that. 
this is a kind of what Disney Disney did with Disney Plus. Once they finally got all the assets they wanted, and they're like, this is time for us to take advantage of buying 100 companies. This is what they're doing. They're just not as well-known or known for having all these companies. But they are, they're, you know, they're a conglomerate. Um, just not as well-known in terms of what they actually own. But they have things that everyone wants to watch. They have sports. They have kids stuff. They have news. They have everything. So we'll see where this goes. But I'm just excited to see companies doing new things and providing services to people. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. It's so true. Couldn't have said it better. And again, we do not recommend selling or buying any security. Mm-hmm. Just to preface that again, <laughs> for like the fifth time, <laughs> you want to buy it, your choice. Mm-hmm. We're just here to give you the facts, yeah. give you some news, Mo- some and again, opinion. So actually to criticize my own, um, uh, how I did that, when you look at a company to value them, you should not be like, how much do you like their, their product? That's actually one of the biggest no-nos in Something that investing. a lot of people do. Yeah, you should not associate your favoritism towards their actual services with the company itself and the investment and their financial statements. You should not put those together. So a little bit of investing advice. But again, that goes between the people that we we recommend you do your do your do your homework. Do your check own the homework. Paperwork. Look at there because again, this is I didn't, this is not even looking at the financials or their dividend, which is a good dividend, or any of that. <laughs> so if you invest in the company, look at all those things. But just in terms of potential, I like them. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, don't pay attention to the media as much because that is where people are buying it mm-hmm. because they think it's a good product, which we see a lot of overvaluation when that does happen. So now we want to move into the blues section mm-hmm. of our podcast. So, yeah. Lewis, take it away. I've been insisting on this. So I've been listening a lot to some more 60s, 70s rockin' and Carlos Santana. Love that man. Love it. Love uh, it. We got to go with the staple, Oye Camova. Amazing song. I mean, it's just... Blues roots. Yeah. It's got a little Latin it, it, twang. It brought, it brought the Latin blues scene together, which it is... Did. I mean, there's nothing like it. And there really hasn't been a major Latin blues band since Santana. No. Neither has Santana. He's, he's been around for forever. 40, 50, 50 years. 50 years playing music. Wow. As an, as a, with a label. That's, That's insane. That is insane. Like 20 albums. He came back in the 90s when they had with, with Smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Smooth. Yeah, that's that's a mm-hmm. staple. I mean, that's yeah. That's a great song. So, Oye, come over. Check it out. It's got mm-hmm. some good like bongo in the background. Yeah. Too. Oh, that's the great thing. Actually, my, my parents this weekend are bringing a drum Oh my gosh! We're gonna we're gonna play some Santana. I love that. That's gonna be some fun. I love that. Definitely check him out. I mean, another classic, just enjoyable, really good vibes kind of guy. And I think today's a good vibes Friday. And he's also a majorly underrated guitarist. I mean, we talk Mm -hmm. a lot about Eric Clapton. We talk a lot about Jimi Hendrix. But he was also he was also at Woodstock. Yes, he was. And people forget that. Yeah, I mean, he probably had the second best performance at Woodstock behind Hendrix. Yeah. When they did Soul Sacrifice for twenty minutes straight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's got to be up there. I mean, with some of the best live guitar ever. Yeah. And of course, Jimmy had to be like, I'm just going to do the anthem. And then people would be like, ah! <laughs> so. And I mean, Grateful Dead too. I would say, amazing band, but underrated guitar. You yeah. know, just another band like mm-hmm. that, like Santana. I mean, they've been around for, obviously, Jerry Garcia passed away. But I mean, they have John Mayer stepping in with him. And I'm a major John Mayer fan. I think he takes a blues yeah. approach. And he does more poppy stuff. He does some more rock stuff. Some more, like, psychedelic but I think that he is a perfect fit for Grateful Dead. Obviously, it's not a recommendation. Our recommendation is um, Santana, mm-hmm. Oye Komova. But just pointing out some other really good guitarists. He's majorly underrated. You ever listen or even look at some of his music, like actually look at the tab, look at what he's playing, it's, it's really great and it's beautifully timed. You know, I think that's something that 
Latin Latin music brings a lot to any kind of music that they go into, whether it be rock, pop, blues. They have really, really good beat and really good time behind them, which I think is something that makes them so memorable. You know, it's it's a beat that you hear it come on, and before you even hear them sing, hear the guitar, you're like, oh, I like this. I want to start dancing. Mm-hmm. Like they just they get it's a happy music, and Oye Como Va, it's like chill, but it's just a really it's soothing to hear. Mm-hmm. It is. Good vibes. Good vibes. <laughs> Definitely good vibes. So to finish her off, we got our booze recommendation this week. Yeah. And so this one, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I used to play soccer at Highwaysen University. The coach is Dr. J. Martin, who we're still working on with some scheduling to get him on for the podcast. We're going to have him on in season two, hopefully. Um, so he actually is from Germany. And we uh, we actually went to this, this local bar. We're over 21, obviously. Drink if you're over 21, if you would like to. Um, we're not condoning. You, have to, you have to drink if, if you're over 21. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I walk in and I'm like, hey, uh, hey, coach, what are you what are you drinking? And he says he's drinking this beer. And I'm like, oh, what is it? And he said it's the oldest brewery ever. They've been around since 1040. That's like oh. that's so old. It's awkward yeah, to usually, say. Usually people say like, oh, 1750 or like you know 18 yeah. something. Like, okay, that's old. 1040. That's just that's like 104 over. Yeah. <laughs> but so their name and I'm gonna butcher this is Vine. Weihestaffen. That's so, awful. Yes. It's a Weissen beer. Weihestaffen. Weihestaffen. Okay, you know, just go look it up and drink it. Okay, it's from <laughs> 10-4. Look at the oldest German brewery, and you will find the name, and mm-hmm. you can butcher the name yourself. Go go, go get a beer if you can. It's only at select places. Um, yeah. But definitely give a try this. It's a it's a Weissen, so it's a little bit of a lighter beer, and has more of that, I say, like, more of a banana-y taste, but I, I might be kind of... I didn't taste any bananas. Not like banana, but it has, like, a... Like a I don't know. It tastes like a banana taste, like like mm. a hefeweizen. Okay. If you've had hefeweizen, it has like more of like a banana taste to it. It's like a lighter yeah. beer. It's it's very very good. It's probably one of the best beers I've had in a very long time. And yeah. definitely, uh, if you. I don't think I've ever described a beer as tasting or anything other than bananas as tasting like banana. So we'll try hefeweizen <laughs> and let me know. Cause I've, I've had that before. I don't remember tasting like bananas. Well, we'll have one today and we'll we'll settle this. Yeah. Next next podcast, we'll update you on what happened. Yep. And we'll also, uh, uh, our final promise will, will be to follow up on all of our promises so far. Yes, we one. talked about that today. We said, <laughs> you know, we've, t- we've talked about a lot of stuff. We're like, oh, we'll cover that in the next segment. But then there's other stories that we're like, oh, this is, this. we have to talk about this. Our listeners have to hear stuff about this. Mm-hmm. This is important. They must. So we're actually going to dedicate, we're hopefully going to dedicate an entire episode next week to just giving updates on stuff and through three weeks not next week i'm so i'm sorry next season um, my <laughs> apologies my apologies i'm um, giving updates as to what we've done in the past and just kind of giving you guys some more some uh followed through promises yes so, and then we'll stop promising you things yes that's that's the worst is getting promised something and it not happening unless I it needs it. to happen and we can really do it yeah. so we're obviously we're learning we really appreciate you guys stepping in and listening to our season one uh, we've had a lot of really great listeners uh we actually just broke 250 so we're really, Ooh. yeah, we're really, really happy with that. And thank you guys for the support. Thank you guys for listening um, and all the encouraging words and all the um, advice anybody can give us. Yep. You know, our Instagram business underscore blues underscore booze. You guys are always welcome to reach out on there. Give us feedback. Absolutely. Good or bad. Um, stories that you might want to hear, something you might not understand mm-hmm. in terms of economics that you want some more uh, information on. Yep. So thanks again for listening, guys. We'll see you in season two. Yep. I'm Jordan. I'm Lewis. Have, Have a great, great day. day.